Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 14 of the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Christian. Hope uh, everyone had a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. If you went into labor, I hope it was a good one. Uh, whatever it means, you know, I, I don't fucking care. I had three days off, and I've been just doing the do, making shit, recording shit, having fun. And all you creators out there, I hope you were doing the same. So today's episode... We have special guest, someone who it's like a year anniversary of meeting a little after, but uh, someone who does a little bit of everything, and I'm excited to have them on. We have Justin Walsh. How's it going, buddy? It's going. Can't complain, except I only had two days off this weekend, so I'm angry about that. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's never too late to call out, but you you run your own hotel, so I do. <laughs> I, I don't think you'd... Uh, do you call out sick to yourself? How's that work? Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't show up when <laughs> when I feel like not showing up. Uh, <laughs> I don't show up. And when uh, other people are supposed to show up, they also don't show up. And that's when I show up. <laughs> <laughs> now, like when you when you don't go in, do you just, you know, you don't go in. Then do you sit and you scold yourself the next day like, oh, Justin, where were you just in the mirror? No, no, because I end up I end up being there way more than I should. So it is more than fine when I take my time. (laughs) And that's all that matters. Then can't burn yourself out because you have uh, you have quite the repertoire of stuff you do. And I'm excited to talk more about it. Because, of course, I know some of the stuff will just we'll start. With uh, we'll start with the photography, because obviously we met with the uh, major wrestling figure podcast because of it. You uh, take pictures at all the events. You sang the national anthem at uh, FWF. Uh, so I figure a good starting point. What uh, what pushed you to get into photography? I don't know. So like as as a kid, like I always had like I remember like one of my first like real gifts was a camera. You know what I mean? It was like a, a baby camera, but like um, like an actual one that like took pictures. You put film in and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm just like, my mom was always very big into like documenting life, like documenting my childhood. So like she, there were just always cameras around. Um, so I don't know if that kind of like instilled something in me and then I never got into it. Like I was never like a photographer, you know what I mean? I just always owned a camera. Like as soon as digital cameras came out, I owned a digital camera. Like I was the first of my friends that I knew of to have, you know, a digital camera um back in high school and then um in like 2006 2007 uh I was dating a photographer and we went on vacation together and she was starting to get back into it uh more and more and um she got a brand new camera for our vacation so you know half the time we're on vacation I was playing with it uh and taking pictures and stuff like that and learning it and we got back and we got you know um we pulled up all our pictures and like, she was like, you have a really good eye for this. Like your pictures are better than mine are. And like, I went to school for this and she's like, you should pursue it. So I bought a DSLR um, and then just, just got into it, started taking pictures of friends, then started getting paid to take pictures of friends. And then one thing rolled into another. And now I'm, you know, a working photographer with a studio and yeah, it's great. I feel like, you know, like growing up, it's, growing up with like the pictures taken all the time and stuff and you know with like camcorders and stuff when they started being more apparent it's it makes me miss it because yeah you can take everything on your cell phone 
but I feel like not having that physical picture, like that VHS, it's oh, absolutely. So like we we weren't like a camcorder family. Like we never had like a video camera. Neither but like way. my mom has like you know an, an album that covers like every six months of my life up until the age of I don't know like twelve, like a physical photo album with printed pictures in it, and then she has everything else too. She just kind of like you know had other kids got <laughs> when I was an only child. <laughs> it was very easy to like completely document my life. Once there were like three of us, it got harder. So that's kind of like her life project now is like she spends all her spare time like going through the piles and piles of photos that like she has and never put in albums um but it's super cool like every time i go over to my parents house i'll just pull one random year and be like oh what was i doing in 1989 like <laughs> you know <laughs> and it's awesome to be able to have that but i you know i feel the same way with 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 digital photography it's like i've taken hundreds of thousands of photos and where are they you know yeah. what i mean like they're on a flash drive somewhere and I don't I don't go through them enough and I don't appreciate them enough. But it's also cool because then you'll open something when you're bored and be like, oh, like, look at this shoot I did six years ago that I thought was trash at the time. And then you're, you find new stuff that you're like, oh, no, like, I love this and I love that. I was just being like super critical of myself at that time, you know? Yeah. Now, um, obviously, you do photography at the pod events and all that. You do work on the side. Is there any... Uh... Anything with when it comes to photography that you like shooting the most, whether it's like a sporting event or yeah. weddings or yeah, not weddings. Um, which which <laughs> is want, a, no one likes which shooting, is, which which is annoying because that's where all the money is, right? It's like if I wanted, if I loved shooting weddings, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> my, but I don't. My brother went to film school and he does like he's does yeah. film and all that, and he was doing a lot of wedding gigs, putting together wedding videos, and he's just like, I fucking hate that I'm doing this yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, it's tough. Um, but yeah, I really love shooting uh, dance. Like, I love shooting dancers. I love shooting people in motion. All right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, like, really, really love um, in terms of, like, where I come back and I look at my photos, and I'm like, whoa, I've created something. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is a moment this is a, a frozen frame of awesome yeah that's why wrestling it's like wrestling taking pictures during that yeah. d doing like someone doing something off a top rope or something it's yeah like, and I, like naturally i love that too and it, it falls within the same you know purview of, of that style of you know freezing insane action oh yeah it's like you said it's just a moment in time and that's why it's that i feel like you know with digital we are kind of lucky because we could go back and do stuff to foes and all that, but like with like fit, like disposable cameras and all that. Oh yeah. Looking at those pictures, it's going back. It's like, oh, how's this gonna like turn out? And then all of a sudden you see, it, you're like, oh my god, it's. I think that's why I always loved like physical with it, but on the same hand, it's you know doing art and everything. It's being able to edit photos and retake so easily. It's yeah. it's definitely a blessing too. Yeah, a blessing and a curse, though. Oh, Definitely, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel that sometimes. All right, let's uh, let's move on from the photos. Let's go to music because sure. you're a musician. Yeah. Now, how did uh, how that all come about? I don't even know. Like, I guess I just always loved music. Um, so I grew up. Uh, my mom was really young uh, and a single mom, so we lived in my grandparents' house, right? So I had. It was really cool because I had three generations of music in one house growing up. So like I had what my 
you know, grandfather listened to, which was like, you know, what we'd consider oldies and stuff like that. Uh, what my mom listened to, which was like a lot of queen, a lot of like sticks. Um, and then uh, my mom's little sister, my aunt was only 11 when I was born. So she was, and this is 85. So she's listening to, you know, Motley Crue and Metallica and, and like poison and things like that. So I grew up with that, like very wide ranging appreciation of, of music where on any given day, I'd be listening to, you know, Michael Jackson into queen into, you know, skid row <laughs> into like Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when I was like seven or eight, my uncle bought me my first guitar that I never, ever played ever. <laughs> uh, like it was just a toy. I had it. He was like, it was one of those things where he was like, he was like my uncle that always got like the cool gift. You know what I mean? Like he'd always yeah. surprise you, not something off your list, something like really, really cool. Um, so he like surprised me with a guitar because he knew and could appreciate that I was into music and stuff. Uh, and then I completely wasted it. I was like, I don't know how this works. <laughs> so I never bothered <laughs> to learn it. Uh, and then when I was like 13, like 12 or 13, I really wanted to be a drummer uh, solely because I had another uncle that was giving away a drum set for free. And I was like, oh, let me like, mom, dad, let me get it. Let me get it. Uh, and they said no. Uh, and it went to my cousin who became an incredible, like hardcore death metal drummer. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> which I was like, that could have been me. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they were like, you can't get drums. You can get a guitar though. So I bought, um, I bought a guitar when I was 13 with like my birthday money or whatever um, and started taking lessons. Uh, and I've been, you know, playing ever since. And then eventually when I was like 16 or 17, like once I, once they appreciated that I could, that I was a musician, you know what I mean? They let me get drums. So I had drums by the time I was like 16. Um, and then I picked up bass along the way because that's a natural whatever from guitar. Uh, and then like, I've always played a little, like little bit of keys. Um, we had like my aunt that I talked about earlier had like a toy Casio, not like toy, but like a, <laughs> a low level Casio keyboard yeah. that everyone had in their house in the early nineties. Um, so I started like picking things out on that. And then as I got older, um, uh, like piano has always been like my party trick, like not so much that like, <laughs> like I don't play piano, but like I know seven songs that can like bring a house down when I'm at a house party that has a <laughs> piano in a room, you know? Um, so yeah. I, and uh, I got to stop you there real fast. Cause I'm trying to think of what those songs could be. A automatically. I think of just final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, this isn't a time like we're talking like uh, like high school and college when it would be and there was a lot of like piano driven rock that was popular and also like classic. So like we're, we're talking like Piano Man and then also uh, like um, Superman by Five for Fighting. <laughs> like, the Wonder Wall of piano. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, no more. More so things like that. Yeah. Um, like hey jude <laughs> you know what i mean like things that are simple and, and good um but yeah so then like when i started getting into bands you know as the natural progression is um in like high school and stuff like that i was in a bunch of different like completely different style bands i was in my first band i was ever in was in a band called free stride triumph which is the worst name ever for a band um 
uh it was so bad that i lied to people and told them that its name was johnny's triumph because that was the name that lost to freeze dry triumph so i just stuck with johnny's triumph because it sounded better <laughs> um but that was like a weird funk like like 60s funk blues infusion band that was All run right. by like 12 year olds that were like insane musical prodigies like their dad was like a recording artist and had like a full studio in their basement oh shit. and these kids kids were like born with instruments in their hands yeah so it was like I was like 15 or 16 and like the brothers were like 12 and 13 and we're like to this day they're they're they were more gifted then than any musician I've ever met since you know yeah. what I mean but they only wanted to play like weird like weird in like <laughs> 60s like experimental <laughs> fusion stuff um and you did guitar in that uh I played or... bass I played bass in that right. um and then uh and then in high school, I was in like a really, really good um, like radio metal band, like a like a radio safe uh, metal band um, that we were pretty good. Like we gigged a lot. We had a lot of like not, no, like we didn't gig a ton, but but like we were gigging places that like we shouldn't have been gigging at 16 years old, like 16, 17 years old. Like we were playing like legitimate bars and stuff like that. I, we were doing the same thing. Yeah. It was, uh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I shouldn't be here. Well, with, um, like you saying with the brothers of, uh, mm -hmm. Johnny's triumph, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> with, with saying that, like my first band was a metal band. I was 16. The singer was 17. The bassist was 16 in my grade, but then the guitarist who wrote everything, who went on to do amazing things. My buddy, uh, actually Johnny, <laughs> Johnny Hesty, uh, triumph. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he was a year younger than me and 15, just writing these insane songs. But then we had another guitarist come in that was like 14 yeah. and had the same, the basement with everything yeah, yeah, drum yeah. set. And we we play like the stone pony and shit in high school. And yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. what the hell? Like that's weird. Yeah. Like that's like we were playing like iconic Philly venues at like, you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. playing, it's not there anymore, but like Pontiac Grill when I'm 16, which is like Nirvana's played there, Oasis played there. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> these are legitimate, like, you know, they have like the the wall in the back that's signed by everyone that's played there and you're like that's Kurt Cobain that's you know what I mean it's like do, do I get to sign the wall I know no. right no no you don't <laughs> um so yeah so that was super cool and then you know we all out of high school we all went our separate ways um and uh when I got into college I started playing uh in like a top 40s cover band like front not even well it's I'd say not playing, although I covered bass, guitar, drums and piano at times for that band. But um, I, I just started fronting a um, like a top 40s bar cover band, um, which was a blast. And like that's where and like we might get into this later, but like that's where I live as a creative. Like I just want to have fun. You know what I mean? So like yeah. that's the most fun. Right. Because there's no stress about writing your own stuff, and your own stuff, getting over like you take other people's stuff that people love and will go yeah. crazy for and you, you know, close a bar at two ten in the morning, you know? And then oh, like, yeah. that was, that was a blast. And that was, that was so much fun, uh, in, in, in high school and then or in college. And then, uh, once we split up, uh, I just kind of did like the singer songwriter thing for a while, like, um, like coffee shops and, and whatnot. And then I just kind of like got 
away from it. Like I haven't played in a band in a long, long time. I've subbed in some bands for friends that have bands that need a vocalist this night or a guitarist this night. And I always love that. But like, I, like we talked about earlier, like I have way too much going on to like commit the time that I would feel like I would need to commit to a band to like yeah. be in a band right now. Yeah, that's the worst part about being in a band. Like at this time, you know, when we were kids doing it, playing those bars at 16, aside from school, that's all we fucking had to do. Exactly. Yeah. Part. Now it's like, man, I got to work a nine to five. I got to do this. Yeah. Like it's, there's too much shit going on. So it's so tough. Yeah. So, but yeah, but that's my, that's my music stuff in the background. It's, I mean, it's still a lot, you know, playing the notable venues and stuff at such a young age. It's, those are experiences I think back on, like when I did it, I'm just like, I, I wouldn't trade that for the world. I like, know it's cool. I'm like what kid could say, like played the stone pony or played Starland ballroom. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't care if there were five people there, 500 yeah. people there. I'm like, I did that shit. Man, I didn't play a stone pony until I was 22. So you're, <laughs> you're, you're killing me. I, I mean, the thing though is it's the stone pony. The two times I played there in that band, I was like, I don't care to ever play here again <laughs> as a, lo as a local act. Yeah, local yeah, acts, yeah. you hear horror shows. Yeah. But then like Starland ballroom, it was just like a battle for warp tour contest. One of those deals. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, man, I'm playing Starling Board, but now I go to shows there and stuff. I'm like, I remember when I was a little fucker on that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's never we're not when when we talk about this, we're not headlining those gigs at 16. <laughs> we're we're playing showcases or we're we're the the fourth opener for someone. <laughs> the, we're playing a battle for the bands where yeah, there were hundreds of tickets sold yes. to the parents because ticket sales were what got you to play Warped Tour. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, when, when I, like, we like we used to joke when I was in college that we played this, like, you know, gigantic venue, this gigantic, like, 20,000-seat venue that, um like, crazy bands had played and, and stuff like that. But it was, like, it was a Relay for Life gig that we were free entertainment <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the people, you know what I mean? <laughs> that we're doing like the the walk <laughs> that's the beauty of it though like it's with music when you you know you said how you just you like to have fun with everything mm -hmm. well we'll dive into that a little bit because like with doing all those projects it's you don't want them to be stressful in any way shape or form right you know it's kind of like the outlets so it's like playing a relay for life it's like yeah, you played this place, but it's like, yeah, it was just a relay for life. You know, we're an opening for uh wasp and skid row. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, at the same time, it's, I, I think about, it, it's like who, you know, who else can say they've done that? You right, know, yeah, 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 yeah. people can, but it's when you have people that like never played music or, you know, played music and never played out like that. And you're like, Oh, I'm playing this place. Like you see the eyes light up. Yeah. Because like as a consumer, they're like, wait, hold on. You played this place or you're playing this place? Right, you don't have to tell them when or why. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you played it, you played it. <laughs> yeah, we, see, we actually we set up in the parking lot and yeah. we, we just jammed out. We did that. We did that in, in college and we called it opening for Fountains of Wayne because Fountains of Wayne, <laughs> Fountains of Wayne was playing uh, like was playing a, a show at our college that day. And we set up in like another parking lot and played like two hours before their set really and, and people came and watched us but like we for years we called that you know opening for fountains of wayne which like we were not on the bill <laughs> but, 
but we did technically the same people that saw us that day then went and saw fountains of wayne so <laughs> yeah. it that's the fun thing with doing it. like i i love the shit out of that because it's doing those just makeshift like oh yeah we opened for fountains of wayne we played in the parking lot two hours before it's like that's the same shit me and my friends pull yeah. with things we're like oh yeah, yeah we yeah. did this and you know technically it was only this but no it was right yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. it's Oh, it's like open for fountains of Wayne. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I don't know what it is with those college shows at uh Stockton. Who was it? There was just like a random like fountains of Wayne type band playing. I'm like, wait, what? Like it was yeah. years after. Totally. Yeah. We have one. The fountains of Wayne one was like a very big gig because it was like our annual like spring festival or whatever. So they always brought in like a big band or whatever. But there was one like random Thursday night that third eye blind played like our main dining hall and it was like like literally like played on the little stage in the dining hall and we were like is that like that's like actually third eye blind playing here yeah is that four eyes closed what is this yeah, what yeah, yeah. Band is this? <laughs> so you take pictures you make music this is the thing i wanted I want to know all the ins and outs. I want to know all about it because it, it's something that I don't know how many other people have on to be able to talk about it. Gotcha. But I want to talk about the theater. Yeah. I, I took theater arts in fifth and sixth grade and I, I was, I was <laughs> You're lucky. Good. I didn't have that kind good. of exposure. We didn't, have, <laughs> we didn't have stuff like that at my little podunk Catholic school. Um, <laughs> so what got you in the theater then? Um, so like, I don't know what I can't, I can't, I was trying to think this morning cause I knew you were going to ask me this question. Like I grew up with, I guess I grew up in an age where, um, like I said, like my mom, you know, was young. My mom was 18 when she had me, uh, and like, uh, like that her era, um, like Broadway shows crossed into like commercial success and like albums of Broadway shows became like a thing. So like there'd be. There were, it was the era of the rock opera, right? So, like, yeah. things were being released that people were, like, listening to, you know, unironically. And just yeah. like, oh, this is, like, good music. Like, Jesus Christ Superstar rocks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Tommy. people aren't... Right. To, like, people aren't looking at it like, oh, this is musical theater. You know what I mean? People are like, these are topping the charts. So, like, I grew up with, like, those albums. Um, like, Jesus Christ Superstar, Godspell, Tommy. Um, Hair. No, so I didn't grow up with hair, but but uh, hair hair is such an important part of my theatrical journey. So we can definitely touch on hair. Yes. Um, but yeah, hair was like before uh my mom's time, I think. Yeah, because hair, you know, hair hits Broadway in 68. My mom's born in 65. So right. <laughs> she, she was a little young <laughs> for the content at that point. Um, but yeah, so like I grew up listening to that, and like my favorite as a kid was Godspell. Um, and then uh like one of the local high schools or whatever was doing a production of godspell my mom took me when i was like five or six or whatever uh and it like blew my mind uh but like theater wasn't very like accessible like without with the exception of like going to see local high schools doing shows which yeah when i'm like six seven years old like that's broadway you know what i mean like i don't know yeah. any difference um but like i i wasn't i it, theater like professional theater was not very accessible so I don't necessarily know how I got from point A to B in terms of like thinking it's awesome and like, and I'm wanting to do it, but like 
like thinking that I could do it. Like, I don't know how I, cause, cause there wasn't other than like, well, once I get to high school, I can do it. Um, and then when I was, uh, when I was 11, my, my school started a summer theater program. So they do like one show every summer. Um, and I was like super stoked. And the first show they were doing was Godspell, which at the time was my favorite. Right. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is great. Like, like, uh, like I'm 11 years old. I'm finally going to get to be on stage and stuff like that. Uh, and the sign up sheet comes out and it's like, must be 12 or older. Oh. So, so we called the program and we were like, hey, like saw that it said you must be 12 or older. Or like my mom called and was like, you know, I have a son that's 11 years old who like loves this show, like has been, you know, into theater for forever. I take him to shows like he really wants to do the show like he can do it right. It's fine. And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went to see it. I wasn't in it. Obviously, they wouldn't let me. Uh, and I went to see it. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is so cool. Like next summer, like this is definitely what I'm doing. So the following summer, um, I was old enough to do their show and they were doing Jesus Christ Superstar, right? Catholic school, right? So the, they're knocking all the, the Jesus ones off um, <laughs> right away. Um, and uh, and yeah, so like I did that, my, like my first stage show that I was in was 1997. I'm 12 years old. You know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, I've done... Over a hundred productions since. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. Um. So yeah. So like, I started doing that like every, uh, every summer, and then uh, when it came time to decide like where to go to high school, like I picked my high school based on their theater program, like the quality of the theater program and the reputation of the theater program. Um. And it was cool because like a lot of uh, a lot of high schools will do like one musical in the fall and one play in the spring. Uh, and this school did like two musicals a year, which like at the time and still is like what like my the part of the stage that I'm into, like I'm into musical theater. Um, so I was like, wow, I get to do like eight shows while I'm in high school. You know what I mean? Go off to college or whatever. Um, and yeah. And then so I did. I did eight shows in high school. Uh, I went to a school that had no theater program, which was <laughs> really annoying. Um, but I went there for free. So you know you make some choices <laughs> with, oh, yeah. you know um so yeah i went to a school that had but had some really great like student-run theater programs there was just no like educational theater program which is great because like i learned later in life that like i don't want theater to be my job you know what yeah. i mean and like as we talked about earlier like i like creativity is like a stress relief for me so like i never want to create stress in that environment yeah. So, like, I'm glad I didn't go to school for theater because I wouldn't have wanted to work in theater, you know, professionally as my nine to five forever. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, after college, I just kept doing theater. And like, I started like, uh, like a couple years into college, I stopped doing their stuff and I started like looking for stuff nearby that I could get involved in. And it's, it's crazy these days because like kids, like theater is so much more accessible to kids and anyone than it was even, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, let alone like 30 years ago where like I have friends with, with kids that, you know, their kids are four years old and starting theater class. You know, I've taught kids in theater class that are four years old. And I'm like, I had a fight to, to get to do theater at, at the age of 12, you know what I mean? Let yeah. alone four years old. So, 
you meet some of these kids now that are like 16 years old that have been doing theater for like 10 years already and it's like whoa <laughs> you know yeah. like so i was i was really making up for lost time and trying to do you know work on as much as i could and and there was like a probably like a 10 year span in my life from like 20 to 30 where i was doing like eight productions a year uh which is like absurd yeah. <laughs> and not uh, <laughs> uh and not because especially on the community level like you're you're rehearsing for like three months at a time per production yeah so that's that's 24 months a year so so it's basically <laughs> always always working on two shows at one time you know um but i loved it you know and i i still love it now with it i know uh like recently like a few months back you put on a production mm -hmm. that you were running for a bit with that it's See, because it's like, you know, I I know musicals, I know some theater, but it's like I'm not too big on like a lot of stuff with it. That was that was that something that you made yourself or was that like a you gotcha? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so no. So traditionally, like so the way theater works, well, there's all kinds of theater. The 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 way yeah. the the way the kind of theater I do works is um, you know, I we I work for community theater. Um, which is just basically like that's another word for non-paying adult theater you know what I mean yeah um, it's people doing it more as a hobby than a profession um, and then but like there are still like it's confusing you can make money in community theater you just can't make a living in community theater right but like yeah like they're paid positions <laughs> like people that are working on things are, are getting paid Sometimes it's, you know, a hot dog and a handshake. Sometimes I was about to say a hot dog know, and a handshake yeah. treatment. So, sometimes it's, you know, $200. Sometimes it's free tickets. Sometimes it's a couple grand. You know what I mean? Like it all yeah. depends on what, what theater you're working at at any given time. Um, but yeah, so like that, that theater will build a season of shows that they want to do. And traditionally they're shows that have been on Broadway that people know and stuff like that. And then you'll pay theatrical rights to rent the rights to do that show at your theater for you know this these four weekends or whatever you pay a fee to have those those rental rights uh and then you stage and create the production so it's kind of like uh like doing a cover song like with that yeah, like you yeah, gotta, yeah. you're basically you buy the license yeah, to... yeah, yeah you're basically doing a cover song it's i guess more so like you're you're performing a tribute band show right like yeah. you're like you're trying to create but with that like there's not you know there it's usually the instance of you know you're given a script you're given the materials but then like it's your own vision that you want to take with the yeah. show. you know what i mean so you're not necessarily making carbon copies of what they did when the show was on broadway some people do right and some shows like people want that like people don't want like an experimental sound of music right like if they're going yeah. to see sound of music they want it to look and feel like the sound of music um but like with a show like hair, like you can have some freedom to do, you know, different things. So like the show that I directed uh, that you're talking about songs for new world um, wasn't ever really done as a show. Like it failed on Broadway. Right. So it like opened, it opened off Broadway and never really made it to Broadway. Um, it had like no real plot. It was just like a song cycle, basically kind of like a concept album right. that had been staged kind of as like a loosely connected concert um so like i took the that idea and i said i want to do this show i want the cast to play the instruments so i'm going to cast actor musicians that can cover you know most of the score themselves and then i want to interweave these stories and make a cohesive version of this show 
and present it in a way that it's never been done before. So, and that's what we did. Talking about keeping things non-stressful and all that, just hearing that, the hair I don't have on my head just turned gray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about just trying to make like an album and write for an album. Yeah. And then thinking of directing all of that and it's hats off to you. It's it's, it, it's a lot, but like it's also like I'm I'm to the point now that I don't take on things that I know will stress me out. You know yeah. what I mean? So I put myself, I set myself up for success. Like if if I have, I'm only doing projects that I've been thinking about and formulating in my head for years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people come to me all the time and say, Hey, do you want to come to our theater and direct this or direct that direct sound of music? And, and, you know, my answer is no, because I don't, that does nothing for me. And then it'll yeah. just be stressful. Um, but like, if I have an idea where I'm like, Ooh, I want to do this show and I want to do it this way and I can envision it all. And like that picture is already painted in my head, um, which makes it like less stressful when I'm trying to actually get it on its feet. I got, I got to imagine when you can, because once, you know, you, just since you're the director of the show, you're just kind of sitting there once the show's going. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're just the only thing you have to do is troubleshoot if a problem arises. But aside from that, it's going smoothly. You just get to watch this in front of you. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's back. still it's still like, I, I don't know. I, you know, you're less stressful. I, it, I think there's both sides of that coin. Cause then you're forced to like sit like a lot of times, like I don't sit there every night and watch a show. Right. Cause I yeah. can't, cause it's too much. It, it stresses me out. Yeah. And if three, someone three months of right, hearing it and everything, right. and too, like, it's... like I've been an actor for years and like, I screw up on stage all the time. Right. Like it happens. Like it's live yeah. theater. Like that's what happens. But like, uh, like it'll stress me out beyond belief. If I see an actor mess up and do something they've never done before. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you doing that? So I'm like, and I know it's not their fault. And I know it's that, that says speaks nothing of their talent, that they're remarkably talented. And yeah. I could have possibly done the same thing, but I'm like, I can't sit there and watch that every night and like, just live in that mindset. Yeah. Now, is there a, is there like a, a show you've always wanted to put on, but haven't gotten to yet? uh pippin i don't know if i don't know if you know pippin so pippin was one of those that was like real big pop uh like in the 70s like was topping charts and stuff like that too yeah it's i i've heard of it i've never yeah. seen it or anything yeah well i've definitely um, heard of it yeah pippin pippin's the story of um like the son of of charlemagne who is like not set to be heir and like could never he's like he's like i don't want to be king i want to find my own path you know what i mean um and it's like that that story that crazy story of his um his journey to like find himself but it's also like it's it's both very funny and very dark yeah. um and i love to when i direct i love to move things like as dark as possible and like i want to get into that like I want, like I, when I direct things, I want audiences to have those moments where they're like, oh shit, you know, like that's, that's it for me. Yeah. Um, so that's a show that I have a lot of thoughts about um, pushing in that direction that I've always wanted to do. But, but on the plus side, like people have uh, been super trustful of me. Trustful. Is that a word? Uh, people trust me with, with their, with the work and stuff like that. So like, I've gotten the opportunity to do like most of the things that, I really want to do hair yeah. being hair being one of them. <laughs> we mentioned it a few times. Let's talk about hair. Yeah. I fucking love that musical. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. <laughs> so, I remember seeing your post about it. I'm like, wait, he likes hair. I'm like, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I saw hair for the first time in 2002. I was like, I was 17 years old. I was a, a senior in high school. Um, and like up until that point, I I was more, I more knew like the classical, the like classic musicals, like your Sound of Musics, your Annie's, your, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and like, I knew hair existed, but like, I'd never listened to it. I didn't know. All you know is that like, oh, there's a nude scene, right? Like that's, yeah. that's the big thing with hair when you're, when you're 15 years old, right? That's the only <laughs> thing you know about it. Um, so I saw hair, a, a local professional theater, uh, was doing hair, a production of hair. And I went to see it, uh, and then saw it like four more times that like during the run, because yeah. I was like, so blown away by the show and like, so blown away by the story. And it was just like, it was so unlike anything I'd ever seen. And it was so just good. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it changed my life. And I started like being a little like theater nerd and like hanging out afterwards and talking to the cast and, you know, and being like, <laughs> oh, like this is so cool. Like this is what I want to do. Like blah, blah, blah. And, um, and yeah, like I became obsessed with the show. Um, and then at the time, like not a lot of people were doing it. Like I didn't really have an opportunity to like, like my dream was to be in hair and play burger. Right. Like that was oh. like, that was my be all and end all. But I'm like, I don't, there's not really too many theaters that do it because like, even, you know, God, you know, 35 years removed from when it premiered, it's still edgy. It's still like, people are like scared to do the show. Yeah. Um, so I saw like every production of hair, like I could possibly see, right. Like anytime, like a college did it within like two hours, I would drive to see it at that college or whatever. Um, and then, uh, there was a, uh, like an ad online for, on like a theater board for like auditions and stuff like that of this production of hair that was looking for cast members. You know what I mean? That was like auditioning for a production of hair that was coming up. Um, and I'm like, I'm 20 at this point. Right. Yeah. Uh, so like, I'm still in college. Um, and what's crazy is like my hair. Cause I'd done like four shows in a row where the director was like, don't cut your hair, don't cut your hair, don't cut your hair. So like my hair shoulder length at this point, right? Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm like the right age, my hair shoulder length. It's my, uh, I have to audition for the show, even though it was like an hour and a half away from me, right? I was like, this is going to be a horrible commute, like <laughs> to, to go to these rehearsals and stuff like that. So I sign up to audition and the day of auditions rolls around and I'm sick as a dog. I have no voice whatsoever. Um, and I just reach out to the director and I'm like, hey, I can't audition. You know what I mean? Like, I'm too sick. I can't, whatever. And he's like, oh, that's like, that's sad to hear. Uh, but like, understand completely. And I don't know this guy, right? Like, he's just some guy that I'm like, hey, I can't do it. Which yeah. is, and I can tell you as a director, it's like things we see all the time, right? Like, we'll see 100 people sign up to audition for our show and then we'll have 60 people come out and you know 40 of those people bailed last minute for whatever reason nine times out of ten it's nerves but it's you know yeah. it's described as something else but <laughs> they just don't show up um so uh the following week i'm going to disney world this is funny this is the same disney world trip we're circling back this is this is the disney world trip that i went on with a photographer that she had just gotten a new camera for oh wow uh, and i took a bunch of pictures yeah <laughs> So we're coming full circle. This, this is a very formative year of my life, right? <laughs> um, so we're going to Disney World. And I'm like, I'm not taking this hair, this long hair down to hot ass Florida. You know what yeah. I mean? So I cut all my hair off, right? Because I'm like, I'm not doing this show anymore. 
whatever. Oh. Um, so we go to we go to Disney World, come back from Disney World. Uh, like a couple days later, I get an email from that guy, the director, and he's like, "Hey, so we had auditions. Um, we didn't find our Claude and we didn't find our burger. Are you still willing to audition?" And I was like, now I say, like, I cut all my hair off. Like, I'm probably like ear length now. You know what I mean? Like, I was shoulder length. It's not all gone. It's still there. Yeah. And and we live in a world of wigs on stage. You know, it is what it is. Um, but I was like, I was like, this is a sign. Right. So. Um, so I'm like, sure, sure. I'll audition. Um, so I go and I auditioned and they hand me burger on the spot. Right. So they cast oh. me as burger at the audition. Uh, and I'm like ecstatic and it's like my dream role and um i'm like oh i'm so mad i just cut all my hair but like luckily like it got to a reasonable length like i was able to use my own hair in the show and it got to a reasonable length by the time we opened yeah but that production like i was the youngest um the youngest cast member like the second youngest cast member um most of the it was my first paying theater gig ever so it was the first time i was ever being paid to be on stage and it was my dream show and my dream role. Um, most of the cast had just come back from like the European tour of hair. So like we had a lot of like professional people that have been doing this show for like two years at this point. Um, and that production just like it blew my mind. It like changed my theatrical life. And uh, like like uh, in some good and some bad, you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> I kind of like <laughs> devoted my life to this show for you know six months of my life um at maybe that time that i wasn't like fully able to but like i'm a big everything happens for a reason person so i'm fine with that um but but yeah it was like like our second rehearsal was my 21st birthday right so like the the first like like my cast of hair took me out uh for my 21st birthday to like the bar next to the theater and stuff oh, like wow. that. it was just like it was very very cool uh and that production was awesome and uh the cast was like so talented and um and yeah and then like hair just became a constant part of my life after that so every opportunity i've had the chance to work on hair uh i have and then like there's like a hair documentary i don't know if you've seen it but it's called let the sunshine in i haven't okay uh it's like really cool it's on dvd i think it's on prime too um but like that's like my cast in that documentary like my my oh, wow. cast that i was in was used for that documentary which i'm not there that day because i'm 21 years old and they're all adults and i have finals right <laughs> so like <laughs> i'm not there for the day of filming um but yeah like that's what a big deal like that production and that cast was um the fact that they're like featured in like the official documentary about the show and the making of the show and stuff like that um so yeah, and then like a couple years ago, I had the opportunity to direct it finally. Um, and Jim Rado, who's the original Claude, uh, the the writer of the show, the original Claude on Broadway, uh, came to our closing night and hung out and sat in the front row. And like, there's, I'll forever wow. say that like my the like I don't know if I'll ever have a theatrical moment that surpasses sitting in the sound booth watching the guy who wrote Hair sitting in the front row like dancing along to my production of hair that i created like in his image and likeness you know what i mean yeah. so like um that was super super cool and that's probably the post you saw because i like jim passed away a couple months ago uh and i posted like the picture of me and jim for that from that night but like 
talk about a guy who like created something that like you really really loved and never walked away from it you know what i mean like yeah. he was so amazing to the community and to the people that really were invested um in that show uh yeah like the coolest guy it's a hell of a i've never seen it like on i've never seen it on broadway or anything yeah, yeah, yeah. i've never seen it in front of me acted out but like of course the movie yeah it's well, it's well like, do you know so here's a fun hair fact right so the movie is a completely different story than the stage show wait what yeah yeah so the movie is a completely different story than the stage show um but i you know people talk people that are huge fans of the the show um you know uh often like crap on the movie and say like oh like they changed everything but like my stance is they turned what what wouldn't work as a movie into a movie and i think they built a really good story around yeah. it you know what i mean um but like spoiler alert the differences between them is like claude's not some kid from the midwest like claude and Berger are best friends living in new york um and you know claude gets drafted to the vietnam war and has to make this decision as to whether i'm going to go or not and it's the next you know week of his life making that decision so it's kind of the same story yeah but the difference is that like claude and Berger are best friends and both hippies living in central park you know what i mean whereas yeah. um yeah, I mean, don't let the guy from last week know that we were talking about hippies, by the way, because I don't want any uh, drum <laughs> circle fights or anything breaking out. Nah, Mike will be cool. He he won't mind. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so I, I, I strongly, I, I'm going to send you, a, I'll send you a link to, to my production so you can see it. Oh, see you, it. you have one of yours? Yeah, I have, I have, a, I have the video of the one I directed. So, oh, hell yeah. You no, can, you can I need that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Now, I just, I, I got to know though, the ending. Is the ending? The ending's different. All right, then I don't want to know it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll definitely watch yours because I want to knowing how it is now. It's like I want to. Uh, yeah, I I need to see it because it's it was one thing like the movie. It's that ending is just so gut wrenching. It's brutal, dude. It's I like, so I have goosebumps. Right, I mean, I know this yeah. is the audio podcast, but you can see me right now. I have goosebumps oh, yeah. thinking about it. Um, but that's one of the reasons. Like, I greatly appreciate the movie too. Um, because like they made that choice and it's a, it's a super moving choice. Uh, and like the, uh, the stage show is equally moving, but different, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, I, I'm, I'm excited to see it and really, you know, pinpoint yeah. too, but that was one, like I, I saw the movie, I want to say maybe like sixth grade. Okay. And uh, because the kid across the street that like introduced all of us to rock music and we all grew our hair out and stuff. We watched it over at his place, got some dominoes. Yeah. I remember just watching. I'm just like, holy shit. Like this is like, this is so messed up. Yeah. Like, yeah it's, it's really. Like, this hits. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really it's, messed up. The, the uh, obviously though, the like the music in the movie is the same. As same music. Like, yeah. I had the, uh, I yeah, think I still have the record of the Broadway. Yeah, with the, the blue and red cover with the head. Yes, it's like white, white around with the blue, the green yeah. and red, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, what's one of your favorite songs from it? If you had to choose, uh, I mean, I love Flesh Failures. Like the last song, oh yeah, uh, is great. Obviously, 
Um, I love Donna because I played Burger. You know what I mean? So like getting to sing that song every night uh, is is great. Yeah, it's all like all the music's like so good. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to pick a favorite off of it. I just didn't know if you had one. The Flesh Failures is always... Uh, it's it just a hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, I, well, yeah. Once you see what's happening on stage during that song, you'll realize how much it hits. <laughs> That's the thing of only knowing the movie. Yeah. Oh no! And, and I know the movie, and I'm picturing it in my mind, and I'm like, yeah. I'm about to cry right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's it great. I'm so blessed to have, and like, I like, I'm an Aquarius too. So like, and that's like. <laughs> Like, that's what I consider myself like, like more than anything else is like, and I'm not, I'm not like a, in any way, shape or form, like a, like a Zodiac guy. Like, I don't know what any of the other ones mean or where they are in the calendar, yeah. but like, I know that I'm an Aquarius and like, I care deeply about that. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> um, yeah, hair is a big deal to me. <laughs> and, and I know you've had a love for it, but we've never gotten a talk about it yeah and I, I was saving it for this day oh that's awesome saving yeah. myself for you yeah <laughs> no it's it's my favorite it's uh, yeah what are a few just other favorites of yours when it comes to musicals we'll go we'll go with like musicals because yeah, i'm more yeah, familiar yeah i don't know it's so tough and it changes all the time and like i'll get tired of something and i'll see something like um so like i love cabaret uh, which is also like a movie that's greatly different than the stage production. So all, all the like really famous movie musicals are all like very different from their stage productions, which like all the critically acclaimed movie musicals are so different, uh, including like ones as simple as Grease. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I love Cabaret, um, which is I don't know if you know the story of Cabaret, but it's nah. like a, uh, so it's like an American writer trying to write the next great American novel. And he moves to Berlin um to like get away from his life and try to you know find some time to sit down and write this novel uh and walks right into like nazi germany accidentally like right at the start of world war ii um and and like finds finds safety in this like counterculture club that he finds in berlin um and like you know falls in love with the dancer and and stuff like that um as the world's like falling apart around him so like that's a really good show and i'm directing that that's the next thing i'm directing oh we, nice. we start in december um but that's one that like i i've loved for a long time um and then like the classic ones like i love like les mis um just because of how like epic it is you know what i mean like it's epic yeah. the music's good and stuff like that um yeah i don't know like I, i'm trying to think of some like weird obscure thing um what are your thoughts on uh bugsy malone I don't know Bugsy Malone at all. I oh. like I know that it exists, but I don't know it. <laughs> That's as a kid, like you know, obviously New Greece, which I was more partial to Greece too. Yeah, Greece too is far yeah. superior. That's like a that's like a, a new thing that people are like, oh, Greece too is so much better. <laughs> that's like that's common amongst like theater kids. That's the thing. Like when I think back to Greece, um. Like, you know, I, of course, you know, one that I want, Grease Lightning. I yeah. know those songs. Mm -hmm. But when I think of Grease, I think of the VHS cover of Grease 2. And when gotcha. I rewatched Grease 1, like later, because there was a spell where I just, you know, wasn't, I didn't watch it at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like, it was on randomly. And like, I was just like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll watch Grease. 
And I'm like, wait, where's like reproduction and the song in the bowling alley and stuff? <laughs> and then I realized, wait, hold on, there's a second Grease. And yeah, I watched yeah, yeah. it and I realized that Grease 2 is was Grease to me. Yeah, like you and thought I, that was Greece. And yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And I rewatched it and I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. You ever want to put on Greece too? I know yeah. a guy. I'll it's be funny. It. <laughs> I it's, it's so funny because like I really want to, I really want to direct Greece. Um uh because again, like Greece, like Greece on stage is a lot edgier than it is in the movie. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a lot, a lot more adult than it is in the movie. Um uh and uh, I want to like lean into that because a lot of productions like don't like I don't want to make it like dirty, but I want to make it like irreverent, like it's meant to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's meant to be. It's meant to be fast times at Ridgemont High. You know what I mean? It's not meant to be happy days. You know? Yeah. Um. So, but so many, so many like uh, theaters are like, oh, like we don't want to do Grease. It's too cliche and stuff like that. And I'm like, I know, but I promise you, like mine will sell out and it won't be cliche. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So um so yeah so like i love greece greece is like a guilty pleasure for me oklahoma is a guilty pleasure for me because it's also like very dark in its roots you know what yeah. i mean and like the the subplots and stuff like that um but yeah i don't know i i like i like everything i like uh i don't like i like i went through a phase in my life where like all i did was listen to musical theater and like i'm not in that phase in my life anymore so like i'll hear stuff that'll be like that's great you know what i mean like there's yeah. new stuff coming out that's great. Like Hamilton's great. You know what I mean? Um, Hades Town. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna add Hades Town to my list. So I don't know if you know about Hades Town. I don't. But you should definitely check it out. Um, Anais Mitchell, who is a singer songwriter that you might have heard of, she's like a counterculture singer songwriter, wrote this wrote this like concept album, you know, years yeah. ago, uh, and it finally found its way to Broadway, and it's just the story of. Um, uh like Eurydice's and it's like all like Greek tragedy um hmm. but set in like a very like steampunk industrial world Ooh. yeah it's very cool that sounds that sounds sweet I, yeah I gotta see that yeah yeah it's very very good and very very like the the like the underworld versus like it's called Hades Town obviously it's about yeah. like <laughs> it's about <laughs> you know the you know the effects of hell on earth and stuff like that so it's very cool I gotta look into it. It's I I gotta get more invested because it's like I'm one that you know I've I love Little Shop of Horrors. I only right, know yeah, the yeah. movie. I've never seen it like a, a production of it or anything. I love Tommy. Yeah, I almost went to a production. You, you keep naming you keep naming uh, movies that are way different than the same shows. <laughs> <laughs> the Little Shop of Horrors. It's I'm looking at an Audrey too. I just I printed what like my printer and. Like when I found out that there was a different ending song, yeah, 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 and the movie ended different. I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah. and I watch. It, I'm like, I wish this is what I grew up with. Yeah, like damn deleted scenes. But yeah, like that's always been the the realm of musical theater that I've been into, right? Like, I'm not your traditional theater kid that's loving like the classics. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a Rocky yeah. Horror, Little oh, Shop yeah. of Horror, Hair, you know, person. <laughs> like, I like I like that edgy stuff um evil dead the musical which is hilarious if you don't know it i i had that american psycho the musical yeah. and uh there was a toxic avenger one i wanted to see them yeah but i just i didn't get to yeah i've been in uh evil dead the musical three times uh i love it it's such a blast uh, yeah and the music's great like that's the thing like there's a lot of 
like people invest a lot of time into these things that seem to be throwaways. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as long like like the the Evil Dead soundtrack is like just a great listen, you know, in and of itself. Have you um have you ever thought about uh like making your own musical? Um yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Um uh <laughs> but like but there's so much involved yeah. in that. So is there a xylophone concert going on in your house right now? I <laughs> You hear a xylophone? Yeah. Now I don't. I don't know. <laughs> maybe i'm haunted <laughs> oh, i hope it i hope it's not my mic my mic was doing some weird shit one time i i, I know the ac just it stopped no on. it stopped now so i'll let you know if it happens again i'll go i'll go keep this headphone off to see if i can hear it my exact my xylophone's tucked away behind me if it's going <laughs> off <laughs> so yeah no i was there was a time where i was like really actively uh writing a musical and then i just stopped because it's a lot you know what i mean like that's and like and that's the thing like things that go like that people don't realize sometimes like things that go to broadway like things that make it like they've existed for like 20 years before they make it to broadway you know what i mean like going through workshops and going through small and like i like i said like i don't want that stressor you know what i mean yeah so there is there's a i'll, I'll tell you about my passion project there's right. a, an American product, uh, an American poet named Edwin Arlington Robinson, um, who very few people know, but he wrote uh, he wrote like a series of poems uh, called the Tilbury Town Chronicles. And basically, like every poem is about a different person that lives in this town. And they're all like dark. Right. They all have like twists at the end. Um, so like there's one about like a butcher who is the town butcher and like he's everyone like comes to him for their food and he like he's the sustenance of the whole town and stuff like that. And then like his wife dies tragically uh, and he burns um, his butcher shop to the ground because he can't look at death anymore. Right. So it's like yeah. all these like dark twist at the end, you know, oh. poems and stuff like that. So I've always wanted to write a musical uh, and it's all like public domain now, too. Right. Because this yeah. is like whatever so i've always wanted to to write a musical that centers around this town and the people of this town and stuff like that um yeah and he like constant like there's like a bar that he talks about through like multiple of the poems so i want to like root it at this bar right and all these characters like converging at this bar and i i think it would make a good musical but it like sounds I'll sweet. yeah but like i'll never do it you know what i mean but that's well, like that's well, why why would you never do it i don't know someday someday yeah. i'll do it yeah someday yeah. Some, how about today no day but today <laughs> that's from rent that is from rent. <laughs> see i i know i know my stuff <laughs> yeah i i auditioned i auditioned for a production of rent last week and it was the first oh, wow. time first time in like 18 years that i did not get a call back for a second audition which is brutal because i really wanted to do the show but um but yeah, <laughs> so so don't talk about rent right now. <laughs> don't talk about it. It was nine hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes since That's I got a call back. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred. It's been a while. <laughs> Wait, you're probably talking about the actual theater one. I just know the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Now that's <laughs> that one. That's one that it's very close to the uh, to the stage production. Oh, all right. So that's yeah. good. So I, I actually know the true heart of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the actual story of Red. Yeah, that's good. All right, before we before we wrap things up a little bit, you know, you 
do all these different creative outlets, which they all they all do go hand in hand. Uh, is there anything? You know, I asked you if there was uh, like a play, like right wanting to write a musical and all that play you wanted to do, but is there anything that Justin hasn't done creatively? that he would love to do like um, yeah uh so like act on film like i've never done uh like i've always been a stage actor and i've never been in a movie yeah. um and like i'm not talking about like a movie that's in movie theaters like i don't care if it's a student film or what it is um but like be directed and learn what it what it means to be an actor for film because i know being an actor for film is very different than being an actor on stage because you're playing to a three inch window of lens versus a gigantic theater of people, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's something that like, I haven't done that I want to do at some point for a long time. It was, I want to be in a play, which is funny because I've worked on like over a hundred musicals and I'd never been in just like a normal play without music. Uh, and then I crossed that one off right before the pandemic. Um, which, which was great. And I love, and I'd love to do more, you know acting in plays and not worrying about because that's way less stress right you don't have to learn songs you just gotta learn lines you know you yeah. don't need to you don't need to walk out every night being like i hope i hit this note in this song and i hope i hit this note in this song and i hope my voice is here like if you're just like a stage actor stage actor and you're not singing you can you know you can do the show with laryngitis and it'll work if you work it into your yeah. character you know it's not like <laughs> the stress of, of of singing some crazy things um but yeah other than that like creatively i don't think there's anything and that like i i'm not so, that like that doesn't stress me out right because i don't let stress come into my creativity so like i'm never looking at it as like i always look at it as a like someday i'll do that instead of like i need to do this and i yeah. need to do that and and whatever um yeah i'm like always trying to be like as a kid like when i was like five years old like all i wanted to do was be like a comic book artist right yeah so, like i still like i'm still like man like i want to be better at drawing like i draw well right um but like i'm good at like looking at something and recreating it i'm not good at just like creating character you know what i mean yeah. or, like like i can draw batman but as long as he's standing the same way he's standing in this image I'm looking at, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, I like, that's like a, that's something I haven't been able to tap into. Uh, just like to be, I just always want to be a better artist in all ways possible. So like, I'm constant, like people, like when people ask me, you know, like, oh, how'd you learn to do this? Or like, how'd you get involved in this and stuff like that? I'm just like, you know, every time I had, every time I saw someone who was talented and had the opportunity to learn something from them, I took that opportunity to learn that thing from them. Yeah. And like, I think that's so important um, for people to realize that like, you are not the best. There are always people better than you. Find those people, surround yeah. yourselves with those people and learn from them to make yourself better. Oh yeah. Um, and like constantly do that and just keep re-upping it and re-upping it. Uh, and like, 90% of what I do is was fake it till I make it and then you know you find something else to fake till you make it and then so on and so forth yeah yeah As it, there's so much of that nowadays too with the fake it to make it it's yeah it's just it's like what's the point it's just no there's no fun in it it's yeah you're not being true to yourself and what you're doing and you know I'd, I'd rather go through the struggles of putting out something I'm a big fan of and yeah 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 
like it's uh, with the stress part of it like with me like when it comes to writing music i start to get stressed out i need to step away because i'm like i don't want music to become a stressor of me right Uh, 100 but i'm also not going to sit there and write the same song 30 times just to put out music like correct i'm not going to put out an album every year unless i'm feeling new material and writing it every year yeah no that's and that's i think that's so important like i don't create art for other people i create art for myself right i'm like i create stuff that i you know pop for and think is super cool and like i don't feel the need to like like again with songwriting it's like like i haven't written a song in like years but i'm like but i really like the last song i wrote and i'll really like the next song i write yeah. Uh, but I don't need to worry about writing one right now. And I don't need to just put something out to put it out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's putting it out just to put it at home. Like it takes away from the energy you could be putting into something like big and truly, truly meaningful totally. where it's like, I, I'm a big inspiration guy. Like I can only work on something when I'm like inspirationally motivated to be like, Oh, I want to do this. Yeah. And it might be a crazy thing. Like I might go to like a craft show. And say like, oh, I wonder how they made that. Like, that's very cool. Like, let me see if I can make that when I get home. And then I'll spend three days doing that and then never do it again. Yeah. And But it's fine because I'm like, now I know. Like, okay, I have that in my back pocket. Like, I ever need to do that. Like, I got really into like EVA foam and like cosplay crafting. Oh, during, nice. Like during the pandemic for like six weeks, right? <laughs> but like, I was just like. I want to build something. I want to know that I can build it. I want to learn how to build it. And then I don't need to constantly build it for the rest of my life. And this doesn't need to become my creative outlet. I just want to know that I can do it. Yeah. It's, that's the thing too. It's with like YouTube and all that. I love it for the fact that trying to learn these random little tips and tricks and all that, how to do it's going back to phones with, you know, the cameras and all that. It's a blessing and a curse with phones youtube it's a blessing and a curse at your fingertips you got people farting on cakes as we talked about <laughs> last episode or but that might have been afterwards when we were all drinking i was gonna say i either i didn't get that far into the episode or us. i i think it might have been after where we were watching cake farts gotcha. anyway i didn't even know that's the thing oh yeah that's what my next musical is about <laughs> cake farts <laughs> cake farts the musical but it's like you can watch that or you can literally watch how to build a beautiful rocking chair yeah. with $5 worth of dollar general supplies. Yeah. Like it's, it's I, that's what I love about technology. It's there's so much that you can learn from it for free. It's yeah. And then once you do it, you sit back and look, you're like, damn, I can't believe I did that. It's yeah. so fulfilling. Definitely. So, all right, Justin, I don't know. Uh, was there anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to talk about before we bring it down? Or I don't think so. I think we hit on everything. Cool. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's that time now. Okay. Gonna, uh, kick your seat back. Gonna put on uh, the soundtrack to Little Shop of Horror. <laughs> different than the stage show. We're gonna take a little uh, ego trip. And you're gonna plug away let everyone know where to find your stuff any uh like the productions coming up any info you want to get out there to let the listeners know where to check out what you do cool awesome so you know like we've talked about for the past hour or so uh i don't, I don't really t- 
<laughs> put a lot of effort into putting myself out there. So please <laughs> find me and follow me on Instagram at Justin Walsh Photography. Um, I have a link tree on there that has links to all my other stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm not too exciting and I don't post stuff too often. Uh, and when I take a pretty picture, I put it up and say, look, isn't this pretty? Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much my entire social media presence. So yeah, Justin Walsh Photography, J-U-S-T-I-N-W-A-L-S-H Photography um, on Instagram. Uh, and then you can find all my other stuff from there. Sweet deal. And as you all know, you can find me at Colt underscore sure on Twitter, kind of Instagram. You definitely will. And culture family on uh, Facebook. You can find terror tunes at terror underscore tunes, T O O N S underscore on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and terrortunes.bandcamp.com where you could buy some merch. You could listen to some music. You could have some fun. Like we did today, Justin. We did. We had a blast. It was, it was great to finally have you on and dive into everything and talk. Yeah, thanks and, for having me. Hey, anytime. I got to. Uh, I I can't wait to take you to some real theater and show you some uh yeah. <laughs> some of the plot lines you, you missed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like you know, I I want to watch your production of it. Yeah, but any of the other ones, if there's a showing somewhere like uh like little shop of horrors uh yeah. what else did we say uh try to think of one of the other ones i mentioned that you said was different greece greece is greece. different yeah yeah i i want to go to the showing with you yeah so you will know when to watch my face when right yeah be like, oh how about that huh yeah <laughs> how about that huh yeah it's... like what that character doesn't even exist what <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean frenchie's not in this i want a refund <laughs> Spoiler alert. Is Frenchie in it? Frenchie is in it. Yeah. All right. Frenchie's the best part. She's the best one. I love Frenchie. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but all right, man. It was great having you on. We'll be in touch. And uh, yeah. Thank Until you. Until next time. Yeah, man. Until next time. Or next uh event we're at both at. Yeah. Which is FWF, probably. Probably. Cool. All right. Take it easy, man. See you, man. See you. Later. Everybody gather around because we got a special treat for you. After much talk about the musical hair on episode 14 of the Culture podcast, Justin was kind enough to hit the studio right away and give us a cover of the flesh failures from the Broadway musical Hair. We start looking at one another short of breath. Walking proudly in our winter coats Wearing smells from laboratories Facing a dying nation Of moving paper fantasy Listening for the new told lies With supreme visions of lonely tools Somewhere Inside something there is a rush of greatness Who knows what stands in front of our lives I've fashioned my future on films and space Silence tells me secretly